Hello, I'm Ellie Harris. And I'm Mark Boucher. And welcome to Poking Books. A podcast where I introduce a mystery author who will explain their book through three books which influence that book. And somehow I have to guess what their book is about. And Ellie will know absolutely nothing about the author or their book until they sit down to record with us. Their name, what kind of book they've written, I will know nothing until they enter the studio. So this episode starts out quite well uh, because I scored a date within the first 30 seconds of meeting our author. In fact, no, before I'd even seen our author. What you hear right at the beginning of this is where Ellie is sitting by the microphone in our spare room, patiently waiting for Sophie to enter, and starts having a conversation with her <laughs> when she's when she can hear me leading her in just outside the room. Love is blind, Mark. Mm, mm. Completely blind. So, um, for... For context, like when we say that Ellie has never met the author before they walk into this room, it's it's not a joke. I'm really cloak and dagger about this. Ellie has to go and hide in her room if the author turns up early. Um, it's really difficult if we're like cooking and stuff and trying to have dinner. Um, I'm banished to many rooms in the house when authors arrive early. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. We like punctuality. Exactly. Punctual authors. Mm. Um, they like their punctuation. Anyway, <laughs> let's go and meet Sophie. It's like blind date. <laughs> I'll be your date. Uh, very cosy. Hi. <laughs> nice to meet you. Come and have a seat Ooh. here in the red Oh light. yeah, we're like properly cosy. Okay, that's all right. So I know you were joking about a date, but actually, this is like... It's fine. Close quarters. We have, both have dungarees on as well. We do. So this is good. Because they're so comfy. Yeah. It's like wearing pyjamas constantly. So, Ellie, this is Sophie. Nice to meet you, Sophie. Hello, Ellie. Would you like to give me... Uh, give Ellie one of your facts, please, yes, Sophie. Please. Okay, which one to start with? Um, Star Trek. Do you want to start the Star Trek one? Okay, so I've got into a habit of collecting um, gay Star Trek fan fiction from like around the period of the 80s when it was being made, so like all the old scenes, uh-huh. like um, you can get them online okay. and you can order them and so I, I I like to collect them. Interesting. Good fact number one. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm it's... going to read some after this. <laughs> Straight <laughs> on the internet. Yeah it's great. Okay what is your next fact Sophie? Um, my next fact is that I am very dyslexic okay. so spelling I really struggle with mm-hmm. and getting things mixed up and I was told not to write when I was at school and it was probably not the right thing for me to be doing. Okay. So that is my second fact. Mm-hmm. And my, my third fact is that um, I am in a Bruce Springsteen tribute band Amazing. called Bruce Springsteen <laughs> and the DE Street Band and I am Bruce Springsteen so I'd be Bruce Amazing. on stage. That's really cool. They're three very, very different facts. Yeah. Uh huh. Yes. I think I'm learning a lot about you just from this. So that's great. What do you think Sophie's book is about? Maybe. Oh, it depends whether you think your dyslexia holds you back or whether it's school that told you it wasn't for you. Whether it's more comic book style and sort of fantasy. I'm getting some sort of fantasy element, genre wise. I know you like a genre, Mark. I do. I like things that smash them as well. But. Yeah. So your first guess, first guess you think is a fantasy book. Mm. What is your first book, Sophie? 
Okay, so my first book is um, Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere. Mm-hmm. A fantasy book, I believe. Mm. Yes, yes, it is. About London. So the whole premise of the book is the fact there's a London above and there's a London below. Mm-hmm. And it's about people that have like fallen through the cracks in society and can no longer be seen. But it's got fancy elements to it because, like, you know, the angel Islington's a real angel and the Blackfriars are real people and like they have the floating market on the underground and I fell in love with this book when I was a young teenager. Mm-hmm. I found it um, in a library near, well, well, very close to where I lived as a teenager and um, I wasn't very well so my mum dragged me into town and took me to the library and I picked it up and I read it and it's basically the thing that inspired me to get writing um and it's I just think it's amazing I love Neil Gaiman Mm -hmm. so much like without Neil Gaiman I don't think I would do what I do um I I just think that the book kind of transported me to think differently about things and see things from a different angle or look at things that I, a way that I wouldn't normally look at um also I just I just think he's great as a writer and uh yeah so that was like definitely like a massive massive influence on me and what I do now okay Ooh. Ooh. And it, how does it feel like because um, I, I think as a little bonus fact you can say you're um, not from London originally no I'm I'm not from London where are you from? I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to say where I'm from yeah this yeah, is yeah. all cool okay uh, <laughs> I'll just check it I don't know the no, rules innit I like, say where you are it's from I'm it's, not, it's, it's okay it's all very cloak and dagger man do you know what I'm saying I, I had like, to hide in my room earlier while Sophie came in so I didn't didn't ruin the surprise I'm a real literary oppressor. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realised I've got a really big mouth. So I was there like, right, I need to be quiet, need to be quiet. Um, I'm from Derbyshire. Mm-hmm. So the Midlands. Mm-hmm. So not north, not south, right smack bang in the middle of the UK. So I can uh, appreciate that because I'm originally from near Birmingham. Um, and people are like, oh, you're from up north. And I'm like, no, no, it's called the Midlands for a reason because it's in the middle. So, yeah, fellow Midlander. Very go. nice. No, it's good. I, and I love Derbyshire yeah. a lot. And I don't know it very well. Beautiful. It is a gorgeous place. There's mm-hmm. many wonderful things. I'm now living in Derby, okay. which is not as beautiful, but it's got its charm. And I think it's got its own way of being beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's that's my uh, my location. Mm. I was just saying that because, like, how did, like, did it ever feel sort of magical when you were a kid coming to London? I remember it being quite, even though I'm from Kent, which is not too far away, it would sort of feel bit big and strange and I wondered if Neverwhere changed how London felt or I like for me London feels magical whenever I go um I was really cynical about London for many years I was like oh I don't like it I don't like cities like I'm you know was born in like a village and I was really found it weird and but I think I love it because there's so much to look at for me. There's so many different things and I find real pleasure in mundane little weird things that you see every day. Like, and the and same for around Derby or wherever I go, I'll just see things and I'll notice things and 
and they make me really happy. So like, there's so much more to see in London and so many more interesting people to look at. And even just coming here on the train, you can see all the different windows into like little people's lives and like office buildings. And I don't know, it just feels like there's so much going on here. Yeah. Like, but I see all sides of it because I have worked in London before. So I see that kind of side of it. And so, yeah, I, d- I don't know. I'm trying to not say too much, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do you what do you reckon, Ali? I am getting a strong feeling of place and world building. Um, some sort of maybe a, a, a made-up world, a fantasy world based on somewhere real. I don't know yet what that type of world is whether it's I mean if you're noticing things in the city maybe that's inspiration maybe that's where we're going with this but I don't know I think there's a lot of little bits making up this world and I can't quite put my finger on what it is yet but that's where I'm going okay and can I say also that this is not going to help the podcast people listening but I've got a tattoo on my wrist that says WWNGD and it stands for What Would Neil Gaiman Do? Oh, I, love I love it. <laughs> Which is, yeah, it's my little my little homage. I mean, I really, have a... you could go on like a um, tattoo tour of your arms. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, uh, I've been brilliant. admiring. There's lots of, uh, lots of things going on, like, yeah, yeah, so many tattoos, many silly tattoos as well, but I like the silly Why ones. Not? everything in moderation good balance in life exactly Exactly. love a bit of silly right I think it's time for another book okay okay I'm excited Ellie you ready for another book I'm ready for another book I didn't mean to interrupt you for the tape Ellie was just about to have some tea and I brutally interrupted it's peppermint it's cool I'm I'm gonna do the same thing Uh mine's not peppermint though mine's green tea we can have a pause for tea pause for tea though it's very English podcast (laughs) behaviour hey man I love tea tea. (laughs) okay okay book number two so a bit different mm-hmm. book number two is um actually the sleeve notes to bruce springsteen's album darkness on the edge of town okay and why why this why this book in inverted commas <laughs> book in inverted commas um i really relate to the lyrics that springsteen writes about and although i was um a person from you know Derby and Derbyshire and, and not New Jersey mm-hmm. what he's saying in that um collection of songs is about feeling stuck about where you are mm. maybe feeling skin maybe feeling like there's no way out looking to try and find a way out looking to try and find meaning in stuff mm-hmm. and I really related to it I felt like oh I feel like I the Derby version of this I feel like that's where I'm at like a, you know trying to work out who you are and trying to find your way through life and you know and some of the lines are just I just think they're amazing so yeah that for me was a massive influence um on what I do are there any particular lyrics then that really say something to you were there, there stuff that stands out on that album in particular yeah, so there's a song called Something in the Night, um, which is about him like driving around in the nighttime and what he's seeing and about looking for freedom and questioning what freedom is and what it means to be an everyday 
working person and looking for that freedom. And he talks about like teenagers wasted on something in the night and he runs in something with his car. And he talks about the fact that as soon as you've got something, someone wants to take it away. And that really had like a massive impact. And then the the title song, Darkness on the Edge of Town, which is about wanting things and having desires for things that you might that you might not be able to have or should shouldn't be seen as having mm-hmm. in society and he's like you know the lyrics for wanting things that can only be found in the darkness on the edge of town and i i love that i think that's great and it's a cracking lyric yeah so it's really cool and he's also got so i'm just being like proper fangirl now there's <laughs> just fangirling oh, it's good and there's a line um in a song called prove it all night which is you want it you take it you pay the price, um, which reminded me very much of uh, Hunter S. Thompson's uh, "Buy the Ticket, Take the Ride" quote. Mm. So yeah, I thought that was good. Mm. Mm, okay, what do you reckon, Ellie? Maybe this is a young adult. Maybe I'm just gonna go for it. They've got some sort of power that someone else doesn't have and they are noticing that no one else does they can see things that other people don't see and i wonder whether there's that kind of question about um stigma and not telling people because you might be perceived to be one way but actually you've got something really magical and are tapping into something in a world uh, that doesn't quite understand you oh this is so interesting <laughs> oh, this is... i may be way off this is it's, what i really enjoy it's interesting for me but i'm gonna say why later uh, on okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah at the end wow interesting okay uh sophie what is your next book okay my next book is kate tempest's um let them eat chaos the reason why i chose that one because she's done a lot of stuff um is the fact that that was the first thing I saw her perform in full with um, musicians. And I found it really inspiring. Um, Again, the way that she looks at everyday things, the way that she performs, um, the emotion that goes into what she has to say. um, And the way that there's like a poem in there that she's like, the gods are in the basement smoking cigarette. That's not the right. That's not the right lines. But it's like yes, the gods are doing this. They're doing that. Da, 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 da. Um, and it's about like the fact that looking at everyday people as though they are mighty, wonderful creatures, which they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the way that she focuses on the everyday. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. And finding the beauty in yeah. those moments. Yeah. Okay. Curveballed yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I am going to stick to my guns. I think I'm in my brain, that's where I'm going. I wonder whether there's something... I don't think it's an anthology. Might be. Um, but I think there's probably something poetic about your writing if you're um, really into Bruce Springsteen and Kate Tempest, obviously, has spoken word. So I think there's something about the writing that is very poetic and that probably builds on the seeing the beauty in the everyday and sort of um i think it's not really what it's about but i just think your style of writing is probably very poetic and yeah using a lot of imagery um but i'm still going with the i'm not sure about whether there's a main character or whether it's focusing on different people's stories 
But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns. I've not been swayed too much away okay. from so what so, I originally said. So this was did you say it was a young adult novel or slightly older? You you thought yeah yeah something about people with did you say powers or yes a power. I'm not sure what the power is. But then what do you define as a power? You know. Yeah. Doesn't have to be a superhero thing. What about ordinary people who have things that are special about them? You don't have to be a king or a queen. You could just be a normal person walking down the street and you've got something special about you. Okay. That's what I'm going for. I'm sticking with it. Sophie, do you want to give us your full name, the name of your book and what that book is? Can I just say I'm really nervous. I always get like this just before people tell me what their book is. There's like a real anticipation bit nervousness. Anyway. That's okay. <laughs> the, the book won't hurt you. <laughs> It'll be all good. Um, okay, so my name is Sophie Sparham. Um, my book is called Please Mind the Gap. It is a book of poetry. I am a poet. Um, so that, so it's, yeah, it's, it's about everyday living and situations and um, just trying to, I don't know, talk through those and reflect that and about what's going on around us and life and that sort of thing so i think this must be about was it about two years ago yeah so i am Um, brixton book jam so i've gone along to brixton book jam i don't think yeah i was reading that night yeah you was that's how we met you was reading yeah i was reading sophie's performance was so brilliant there was some stuff in there that really really stayed with me mm. and I did when I got in touch with Sophie I was like I would like you to do one poem in particular and another one of your choice a lot of the books we have on here on the podcast the author will find a good way to explain them mm. but I think with Sophie you've, you've just got to hear it okay I think that's the easiest thing to do but can I just say before we do that yeah I I'm actually writing um, a YA, like, fantasy kind of based thing. <laughs> Just throw another curveball in there. there. Um, about yeah. a, yeah, about a woman that lives in, like, a desert prison, like, Mad Maxi style. So oh. the fact that you're saying all this stuff, I was like, that's that's not the book, but that, that's, I, I am <laughs> but it's gonna be. I'm doing that. That's what I'm doing right now. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Shall I speak okay. some words? Do you want yeah. this okay. or do you... Am I am I allowed to use naughty words on this or not? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> so this uh, poem is about. Uh, so I used to work in a bar mm-hmm. uh, called the Hairy Dog in Derby, and uh, it's a rock bar. And I've got this theory that every city's got a rock bar with a really sticky floor that stays open till well past when it should stay open yeah. till, and. Um, yeah, the hairy dog. Just to give you an idea. The people in there who go there call themselves hairy doggers. Great. That's. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think of this name, but that's what they call themselves. And um, so I used to finish uh, work at like half three mm. in the morning. You know, sweep up all the glass. You know, get the women out of the toilets. Mm. You know, um, clear the vomit up, that sort of stuff. And I then think a good rock bar should have. Yes. Yes. Should be vomit glass and. Um, half comatose people all fine um and then I used to walk home um to my little flat and the sun would just be rising and it's just about that moment of uh just having a bit of peace and just taking in what's going on so this poem is uh called sometimes the night 
I carry this city on my back. Every smashed window pane, every torn sleeping bag, every boarded up doorway, every bar fight, every want and regret, but sometimes the night and I walk home between broken glass, kicking cans over concrete, burning hand-rolled fags between terraced houses that lean against one another as they hold up sky, between the crossfire of conversations beneath 5am streetlights. I pause, and I breathe. I can breathe sometimes. The night and I make love behind abandoned flats where the cats sit and cradle dead pigeons and rats where the overflowing gutter reflects the underabsorbed sky a puddle of stars blurred by foot and vision lost to sunrise sometimes the night clings to my clothes stinking of whiskey and rain and god only knows i want this only he knows a moment so brief, so fleeting, morning dew. Me and the darkness are just passing through. I feel like I want wow. to clap. Wow. <laughs> so there's, there's, a, there's a little poem for you. <laughs> Thank you. That was ace. That was uh, I think there's gorgeous. something about your accent as well that really, there's a really nice lilting to it that oh, brings it even more to life, I think. I think it's really important to celebrate these little things that we don't even we don't think about very often but just to be like no these the you know mundane everyday things are amazing and surreal and weird and funny and just like I don't know taking a moment or whatever I don't know for me I think that's really important but and I think that's what you'd said at the end of the second book I'm sure at the second when we we're talking about the second book was pretty much this sort of yeah magic in the everyday so mm. even though it's not fantasy it's seeing the real world for as it should be you know like mm. you take the good things and the bad things but sometimes it's like yeah you just look what? a little bit closer yeah so i like that that's my vibe um and yeah so the poem that you heard um so basically i wrote this poem it was like an early one that i'd written when i just started out when i didn't really know what i was doing um but I'd been working a job that I did not like okay. for a long time. <laughs> and uh, I thought, this is my career now. This is what I've got to do. Mm. And my partner said, um, no, you, you don't have to do that. You can go pull pints and try and be a poet and try and be a writer. And I was like, but no, this is the safe career thing that I'm meant to be doing <laughs> and that I've been through all this study for and I need to do this. And yeah. And I just was like, well, I woke up one day and I was like, no, it's right. I'm going to, I'm going to leave. So I think it's really important that like, I wrote this to basically be like, you know, just do what you want to do. Life is so short and fleeting and it's important that we try and do the thing that we want to do. So mm -hmm. that's what this poem's about. Um, it's called Not Your Nine to Five. Self-explanatory title. <laughs> <laughs> right, I will... Uh, Begin. I was born into the arms of a one-legged suit, tailored to fit me until I was old. And now every boss that I've ever had is just a child in oversized clothes. And like a bee on a bus, I was trapped at the front of a journey without a break, 
because the driver said it was quicker, much smoother and slicker, while plan A was too rocky to undertake. And the passengers stretched their toes in unison, the higher up the mountain we'd drive. I've seen the most breathtaking views in the world, but not once have I stepped outside. And I knew a man who sold solar panels, but never saw the sun. He says, I'm going to climb, climb, climb till my working day is done. He says, I need to do more than just survive. Am I asking for too much? And besides, we have the weekend and the weekend is enough. So nine becomes five and five becomes 22 and 22 becomes three, six, five. Gaining figures through the expenditure of hands, even the clockmakers can't sell time. We are pushed to pave roads, our feet become hard pressed, and our souls become tough. Yes, we have the weekends, but the weekends will never be enough. Remember, the earth turns quickly, like the pages of a good book that no one has time to take in. And so I'm breaking my spine. I am breaking my spine to let the weight of this story begin. Because I've heard too many shoulda, woulda, couldas. Too many want-it wonders, too many unsung songs. Too many, if I had my time again. If I had my time again. If I had that time again, I would right every wrong. And I know that it's confusing to dream. I've been searching for answers since the day that I was born. And like night owls on Saturday mornings, we weren't prepared for these new dawns. But don't fear the sun. Get burnt, learn and know that paved roads are safe to walk, but no flowers grow. Those that don't reach the peak can still see the sky. Success means the paths that we choose to explore and not how high we climb. There you go. Amazing. Thank you. No worries. Oh, like a little intimate gig, isn't it? Yeah. In the reading room. I, I was it's just this <clears throat> great gig. It's a really yeah. good gig. Attentive audience. Yeah, uh-huh. very wow. attentive. Most attentive gig like I've ever had. <laughs> I mean, uh, interestingly, what's what's the uh, what's completely off topic? What's the best place? Your favourite place you've performed? My favourite place. Mm. Oh, okay. So. The probably my favourite gig I've ever done is um, a, a metal festival mm-hmm. called uh, Bloodstock <laughs> in wow. Derbyshire. Bloodstock Opener, so it's mad. So they only have it's like an extreme metal festival. So mm-hmm. I I love metal, like I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have loads of bands that play there, like Napalm Death and Judas Priest and all this sort of stuff. And then they were like, "Oh, you can play the the, oh, the stage," and I was like. I was a bit scared because it was like this year I was, I was scared I was like okay they've literally only ever had metal bands here they mm. that's it and now they're gonna have a poet like <laughs> mix was, it up a bit why not I was terrified so I got to the stage and stuff and I was like okay it'll be fine and it was torrential downpour like, as oh, soon as I started wow. so like these people like covering up amps around me and I'm on stage like performing yeah. but we filled the the tent like and yeah it was mad mm. it was mad and I had like um, some like t-shirts made with like a metal logo on it, and it was really cool because those are people were getting them. And obviously, like if you don't know me or whatever, it just looked like a like a black metal top or like an extreme metal band. Yeah. And it was actually a poetry top. 
Surprise. Yeah. I saw this on, I think it's on your Facebook um, page. What what did it say on the back? Uh, <laughs> it said, um, poetry's not all flowers, me duck. Sophie Sparham is metal as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, I don't know if we should have the swear. Like, it's naughty. And then my friends was like, go on, it's, it's metal. metal fest. It's a metal fest. Do the swear. And I was like, oh, okay. It was really great. It was a good weekend, yeah. I was also, you did have another fact, which was about, what's in your fruit bowl, Sophie? Oh, uh, plastic dinosaurs. Is there any fruit or just plastic dinosaurs? Just plastic dinosaurs. I, I really love plastic animals. Okay. I don't know why. And dinosaurs are the best one yeah or? i don't know like my friends just kept buying them me they're really little they're metal as fuck yeah. you asked. they're, oh, they're right, proper right. they're, they're uh-huh. re- it's really metal thing to have mm-hmm. in your house um yeah so you know forget the goat schools i've just got loads of plastic dinosaurs like, i love toys like, i love kids like bright colorful toys things i love it uh-huh. the other day i was walking past the shop and there was a um a ball and but it was a crocodile that had been squished into a ball shape, and it was great, and it was called a crocodile. And I was like, I really want that. <laughs> I really want it. And my friend was like, No, no, Sophie. You don't need that in your life. And she was like, You're approaching your thirties now. You need to stop looking at these things. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, yes, this is a thing. Somebody well into their thirties, it's fine. Buy it. Yeah. Except uh, yeah. I don't have any money, so maybe don't buy it. Just look at it longingly. Yeah. Like, you know, like all the things, like, you know, when you go to a shop and the cereal has, like, Darth Vader or something yeah. on the front of it. And I'm yeah. like, I want must that. Must get it. Must get. Must get space cereal. My <laughs> 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 friends are like, no, Sophie. Advertising Brand really... Brand are fine. Yeah. Yeah, advertising works on me mm. badly. I just, I just like, I just like fun things like yeah. that. But yeah, so I've got lots of plastic animals. Amazing. That's good, because life is for fun and living and that sort of thing, and yeah. I think that's okay. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to say that yeah, yeah. on a podcast. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I don't care. That's it, kids. Life is a good thing now. It's cool. It's yeah, cool. Okay. I, yeah, I like it, because now I'm an adult, like, I go and there's kids next to me having tantrums because they can't have sweets or chocolate, and I can just buy it. Yeah. <laughs> and just look at Wave them. it in their faces yeah. and be like, ha-ha. I, I can have this now, so it's, it's great. All the great. sugar I ever wanted. Well, that okay. was an extraordinary turn of events. I was, I just touched upon poeticness. You, you, I know, you're on the right skirting lines. around the edges. I think you're on the right line. Mm. I think mm. you had all the essence of it. I think we shall finish there. I think so. Brilliant. Um, Sophie, thank you very much. Thank and you for very much. All the way down from Derby. Thanks for, for having me. And for performing in our reading room. Amazing. Yeah. So, Ellie. Sophie Sparham. Ah, you got her. I you did. Know, you might not have got the book, but you definitely got her. Yeah. To get a real poetic heart. I mean, also, can we just take a moment to appreciate the fact that we've just had a gig in our spare room? Mm. That's really, pretty special. I I remember seeing her like in a whole big room full of people and thinking it was pretty special. But yeah, yeah to have her in a tiny room. Super cool. Super cool. Um, I think I was I was on the right lines. Mm. I think Sophie has the kind of voice that is very lilting and poetic in a, in a way anyway. So she sort of gave that away um, just by being who she is, which is a good thing. 
I think really think you got the essence of her, and the the thing is with Sophie is like she is so down to earth, mm. and just I I really like this. What I like doing this podcast is finding authors. Um, they they can be from all walks of life, but mm. the ones that get me are the ones that are super creative mm. um, and very unpretentious in a world that can be incredibly pretentious. Mm. We're so, very lucky with our authors. They're all pretty cool. Yeah. Please do go out, grab a coffee. Um, grab a coffee? Please do go out and grab a copy of Please Mind the Cat. Mm-hmm. You've been listening to Poking Books with Ellie Harris and Mark Bowsher. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Both of them are just at Poking Books. No hashtags, no underscores, just simply at Poking Books. You can also listen to the podcast at soundcloud.com forward slash Poking Books. Or wherever you get your podcasts from. And remember, if you do enjoy the podcast, please subscribe because it means more people will find us and listen to us. You've been listening to a Rabbit Island podcast and do tune in for the next episode very soon. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>